Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. Yes, welcome to the podcast. The Jerry Recco is out today and tomorrow, so Eddie Scazzeri joins me. Good, good morning, Eddie. Hello, podcast people. Jerry's going to owe you some cash for these uh, podcasts. We, uh, you know, we get a, a couple of bucks. Yes. Uh, and he's going to owe you. Uh, yeah. I hear there might be uh, some changes coming to the post-game podcast just in the way it's distributed. Like uh, right now, it's a one giant podcast, mm-hmm. right? It's the post-game podcast, then right into the warm-up show. Yes. It's like an hour long, I think, uh, day when you take out the commercials and you combine the two things. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to continue doing it that way and then also break it up into smaller chunks if people prefer to consume it that way or if someone only had, let's say, 15 minutes or they just want the post game, or they just want the first segment of the warm-up or something like that. Yes, the way I understand it is that the first thing you'll see yeah. uh, is what you've always seen. Okay. The, the full hour long. Mm-hmm. And then there'll be four other choices. Okay. One the the next choice would be just the post game show. All right, penis and, stories and such. Correct. Right. And then the next three would be the three separate segments of the warm up show. Okay. So that's how you will be able to consume it if you care to do pick it and that choose. Way. Okay. Yeah. And they've brought you on board as producer. Uh, yes, I guess. Nice. Technically. See, we're expanding. This is an expanding mm-hmm. program. This is all uh, digital. Digital? Mm-hmm. It's all digital. Uh, there was a program on Netflix that uh, looked interesting to me, and I started watching it, and I thought it looks interesting for you. But then it's it's a little slow. I'll explain. Is this the Sissy SpaceX one? No, this is uh, like a documentary series. Oh, okay. It's called Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, out in California. Uh, in Utah, I believe it is. Oh, okay. Oh, Skywalker Ranch is in uh, California. Yeah, this is Skinwalker yes. Ranch. Have you heard of this one? I have. On uh, the Coast to Coast radio program. With, with Art George, Bell? With, uh, no, uh, George Norrie. George Norrie. And, uh, yeah, they frequently will have people coming on talking about the Skinwalker Ranch. I have no, I had never heard of Skinwalker Ranch previous to seeing mm-hmm. this. And I said, oh, this looks like an interesting documentary. But having done a, a little Googling after I watched the first episode and a half, um, I see that the other, you know, History Channel did a show about it. Like, it, it has been covered in multiple things. Yeah, and I would say it, at least... I would say four or five times a year on the over. And again, I'm listening to a small sample right. of the uh, of the uh, Coast to Coast program, usually between uh, 2 a.m. and 2.30 a.m. Okay, so and you're in, not hearing four hours I, every day. I think, it's, I think it's five hours. Oh, my Is gosh. Right? He talks it, to himself and the crazy callers I and guests. I think it starts at 1 a.m. Okay. Uh, East Coast time. And, you know, maybe it's four hours, so it goes to five. Okay. So I'm only hearing a half hour every day. And I hear Skinwalker mentioned at least four or five times a year. So what do you, if I were to say to you, 
what is Skinwalker Ranch and how does it relate to the occult or aliens or... Yeah, well, there's been numerous uh, reports of alien sightings around there. Okay, actual but, aliens or spaceships? Well, you know, we see lights in the sky yeah. kind of a thing. I don't know if they've actually said... I, I can't recall specifically if there was any like uh, actual like aliens coming down and yeah. interacting. Uh, but then there's also some other supernatural tie-in with Skinwalker. With it's, It might have something to do with Native Americans. Yes. And uh, people being able to like shapeshift. Yes, shapeshifting. Yeah, so that's what I know. Okay. Yeah, so other, other, maybe some ghosts thrown in there too, just for good measure. Yeah, I had no idea what this was. So mm -hmm. supposedly, according to this documentary I was watching, it's a documentary series and mm -hmm. it's a little weird. Like, first of all, I think it's one of those series where Netflix is stretching it out for no reason. Mm-hmm. Where they're bringing in this, you know, there's a new owner to Skinwalker Ranch. He's got this whole crew that works there, and they bring in a uh, a guy who worked for NASA or something to 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 help. He's like a scientist, uh, aeronautical scientist, mm -hmm. or whatever, and he's coming in to uh, to see if he could figure out what's going on. But yes, Skinwalker is, I guess, a term in Native American folklore where. Uh, the Native Americans supposedly uh, cursed this land. I forget the reason why. And now there are skinwalkers, which are the shape-shifting things that sometimes take the form of giant werewolves. Mm -hmm. And they're sucking the blood out of cows. And they're uh, paralyzing uh, the the cows on the, the cattle. And there are strange lights and red eyes and, and yes. all this stuff yeah it's like a it's like a mishmash of all supernatural yes paranormal alien kind of stuff yeah and it's a huge piece of property yes in the utah basin i think is the phrase the phrase they use and they have it all mapped out but the show seems like i'm an i'm an uh, uh one and a half episodes in and i'm just like guys show me something it's all talk and no show so far. But they did, they, you know, like caught me at the end of the last episode. We're like coming up this season. <laughs> and they, they got a cow on the ground who's got no blood, but there's no blood around the cow. Right. Uh, they've got a paralyzed cow who then comes back to life uh, because a UFO froze the cow. And so are, are they approaching it uh, uh, skeptically or sort of like, hey, this is. The real. people who work at the ranch, I've got it all real. Mm -hmm. The one guy they bring in is approaching it skeptically because he comes from a science background. Okay, and he immediately like they they do they bring in all these uh, this equipment that can uh, check for energy and uh, different microwaves and things and and it's very high for, uh, in that area for no reason and uh, he wants to dig on the property. But where I'm at right now, you know, he wants to dig on the property, start testing soil and everything. They're like, you can't dig. When you dig, crazy things happen. Hmm. So I don't know. I'm hoping it gets better. I'm annoyed at how slow it's going. And I'm also annoyed. It seems like there's some bad acting on the guys who work at the ranch. I don't know. I just, I'm getting a weird, like, where I'm not believing the whole thing. You're not believing that they're shape-shifting and aliens. Yeah, and I want up. to. Yeah, of course. I want to believe I, this. I want things. to believe. That's the old X-Files poster that was in uh, right. Fox Mulder's uh, office. Yes, I want to believe. Yeah. There's a theory that there's a gigantic magnet buried in the ground there, yeah. so that's what's... And uh, ley lines and all this stuff. What's yeah. a ley line? Ley lines are all these uh, supposed lines that intersect uh, the globe and, and where there are certain... I guess uh, maybe they cross or something. And there are certain areas where these ley lines can generate these fields of power. I'm really not sure if the ley line thing is real science yeah. or pseudoscience. I'm not sure, but I've heard that term a lot where all these ley lines intersect and then the weird things, paranormal kind of stuff happens. Yeah. And in one of the coming up this season clips, they have the guy who's like the the skeptic scientist mm -hmm. looking scared. 
Okay. You know, there's a couple shots of him being scared about something. What right. was that? What is that noise? Yeah. But and is it are these the actual people or actors portraying? No, them? these are the actual okay. people. But something about them is not believable. Is it, it are there scenes and their stuff is it scripted? A hollow No, boomer. it's not it doesn't it doesn't seem to be scripted, but like it shouldn't be scripted, but it right. feels somewhat scripted in some way, even mm-hmm. though I know it's not and it's not supposed to be. I don't know. It just like it's weird that the guy who owns the ranch has all of these people employed on the ranch. Like there's uh, two guys that are security and just walk around with guns. You know, ready to like, as if they're going to be attacked. And is this the guy who bought the property? Is yeah. He, is he, well, it must have cost a lot. Yeah, it cost he, a lot. And so is he wealthy then? Yeah, I don't, they don't say what else he does. Mm-hmm. And I guess, you know, I did some Googling after, uh, I was like, am I going to stick watching this this series? Let me Google Skinwalker Ranch and see what comes up. And there's been a couple of different owners over the years, and some owners claim this supernatural stuff. Other owners claim nothing. They've heard nothing, saw right. nothing. Right, which is typical of a lot of haunted houses and that sort of thing. Yeah, it started to kind of remind me of Amityville Horror, mm-hmm. right, where the the one... Uh, the, we know for a fact that a family was murdered mm-hmm. in that house yes. in Amityville. We know that. Then... There were there was a couple that bought the house, and they claimed that there, it was haunted and all this stuff, and they they left. And but there's a family living there right now. Right. There's been multiple families that have lived there over the years that say nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And then people go, oh, the original family who thought things were going on in Amityville Horror House, they were trying to, uh, they were broke, they wanted to get out of the deal, they were trying to write a book, then they got. <laughs> Made a movie for a movie and all these movies and that came from it. Mm-hmm. So I never know. But I also sometimes feel like certain people can see and sense certain things and others can't. Yeah, I would uh, agree with that. I mean, I, of course, I don't have any proof or, yeah. uh, of that theory. But I, I, again, I want to believe that there are certain people who are more sensitive yes. and more open to that sort of thing. The paranormal, not aliens, right. but the like ghosts and that sort yeah. of thing. Do you think you are open? Or do you think you are one of those people that are more open to to it? Well, I would say no, because I have never experienced anything. Yeah, that I could say was unexplainable or supernatural or paranormal. Right. You know, I've never you know seen anything moved with by you know somebody moving something with their with their mind i've never seen a ghost or heard noises or anything that was unexplained do you know people who you fully trust that that have no really no i don't know like anyone that like you know sitting around telling ghost stories or no one has ever said hey i had this real experience of this now people have had dreams about loved ones who have passed and maybe they have a sort of weird feeling about it but that's kind of to be expected i would think right a dreaming but nothing like you know i saw this ghost at four in the afternoon while or whatever or whenever i walk over here i see this woman you know holding a pitcher or whatever you know nothing like that have you have you i have never but i have a friend who i fully believe and trust uh what my friend's wife who does and has and uh and and claims to have seen yes and experienced these things yeah and she's all in she's all in yeah and and what's interesting about is that she doesn't really talk about it Mm -hmm. i really have to ask her and she even then doesn't yeah well then to me that is more believable right that she seems very believable to me you know because you have to pry it out of her yeah, and there's been times where my friend was uh, house sitting for someone, and I well, I think when they were, my friend and his wife, maybe they were still dating and not married, mm-hmm. but my friend was house sitting at the time, and uh, his then girlfriend or wife would come over to visit while he was house sitting, and she felt spirits in that house that did not want her there, and he felt nothing. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when when she was growing up, uh, in the apartment she lived in, 
uh, she said she would see stuff like at the top of the stairs and mm-hmm. things like that. Interesting. Yeah. Now, were these people at your 40th and 50th? Uh, yes. So I perhaps met. You perhaps met her. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. Yeah. See, now that kind of makes me like, oh, that's cool. Like, and I want, I want to think that that's true. Right. I don't ever want to see a ghost because I probably would have a heart attack. <laughs> Absolutely. And I would never buy a home in which like there were, you know, murders committed that I knew about. Right. Obviously people die in homes. Right. All the time. Right. But if so, it's not a tragic death. Correct. Right. Yeah. I, I would not also buy a Yeah. A home knowing like it that. like yeah. and, and hearing stuff, you know, why, not that I like I don't truly believe, but I want to believe and like, and why do I want to be freaked out? Right. Or like, what do I never want to be able to go into the attic of this home? You know, <laughs> right? Yeah, no yeah. Thanks. That that is weird. It's even weird on the, some of the documentary shows that that talk about uh, murders and and mm-hmm. things or the occult or, and they go they go to the places today and they'll show you like, oh, this is the home. Just like you know, I drove by it when I was doing an appearance out at Security Dodge a couple of years ago. I went by the Amityville Horror Home. Mm-hmm. home someone's living in there yeah and it's weird like it's strange to me that like do do those people well the amityville horror house of course those people know what they were getting into Mm -hmm. but some of these others i don't know if they have to disclose or only if you ask yeah i'm not sure how that what the legality is or if it's determined by the state you're in or if there's different rules but yeah i i don't know yeah but the amityville horror obviously yeah, that's the that almost at this point it might be a little you know added incentive, little you know, little marketing. They did change the windows of the the, the, the eyes. Yeah, yeah, those windows are gone. Yeah, and by the way, like after seeing that movie as a kid, uh, like when I used to see those types of windows on homes, it would freak me out. So you watched that stuff when you were younger? Oh yeah, yeah, really? Yeah, and I yeah I used to watch In Search of and all this, and I will still I'm. I like ghost movies and I'm intrigued yeah. by it. It's a, it's a fun escape, you know, cause I, that's my kind of movie I like. I like fantasy or science fiction or ghost stories, time travel, all that sort of stuff. It, it's again, I want to believe that it's true. And a lot of those movies are terrible, but, um, yeah, I, I that's, I am a fan of that genre. What about horror films? Not as much. Just yeah. straight up horror. Yeah, I don't like those. No. Or, or, uh, horror if it's not like just overly gory like to me like the uh the slasher movies chainsaw massacre and that's sort of not not interested even like some of the the halloween yeah and the jason like you know there's a little interesting thing with the, the story and how it came to be but like you know to go into the two three four five you know halloween i don't know how many of them they made or uh, what is what was the uh, the Jason franchise Friday the Thirteenth? Yeah, not not really because it's really just more about you know jumping out and scaring and slashing. You know, not not so much. Yeah, like the Amityville Horror that was more suspense. Yes, like, there's no horror. Correct. In it. Yeah, and some of the more you know scary things are like where you don't necessarily you're not hit over the head with axes and gore right but it's just like the you know the possibility of those yeah. existing did you ever see like uh it was at the amityville horror there was a channel five i think years and years ago when it was first a thing they set out to spend the night in the home Ch- uh, channel five did mm-hmm. uh, one of the programs a news program and they had set up cameras everywhere and they had this infrared green image of like a a child looking around the corner. It's freaky. That is freaky. Yeah. If you like Google that stuff. Yeah. Right. But then again, it's like, how true is it? I don't and, know. You know, and if like, again, just like with the aliens, if the ghosts were real, you know, we would have more hard evidence by this time, you would think. Would you be up for a walk inside the Amityville Horror House? In the daytime with yeah. a bunch of other people? Yeah. Yes. What about in the nighttime? No shot. Me neither. <laughs> Even though I don't really believe. <laughs> But, I know. But by myself? No way. Yeah. You know, why? But like those people come home to a dark house. Yes. Uh, turn all the, the lights time. on. No problem. And also like, again, if it's a, it like, a, but why does it have to be dark? If it's nighttime, but like there's lights on and, every, yeah. and there's like a lot of people there. And I'm talking like, you know, at least 20. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Right. You know, 
but not, uh, you know, I went on a ghost tour in, uh, in one of the Maryland Eastern shore towns. We were down there a few years ago for my wife's uh, business. She had an event and I, I did when she was doing her thing. I went on this ghost tour at night or during the day. It was at it was at night. Oh, okay, uh, but it was just like walking around the uh, streets of this uh, little Maryland Eastern Shore town, which I'm forgetting the name of it. Uh, but and the, the guy would just take you around and tell you stories about, oh, this is a this is the ghost of this child or the ghost of this woman as you were walking around. But it was like you know, twenty people on this little ghost tour. And, you know, it wasn't scary at all. And, uh, you know, some of the people were like all into it. And I was just kind of, I was just chewing clock, as yeah. they say. You're just running the ball time trying <laughs> yeah, to get to the end do, of the quarter. It was something to do that was somewhat interesting. <laughs> I thought maybe it'll be very interesting, but it wasn't. But, uh, and there's like a, a lot of those. And in the older East Coast towns, there's a lot of ghost tours. I'm sure there's, in New York, there's ghost tours yeah. you can go on. Yeah, there's a, a bookstore in Asbury Park that's like an occult bookstore, mm-hmm. a paranormal bookstore. Gina will not go in it. Really? Even the book, like I would go into that bookstore. Sure. See, look around, see what she will not go in there. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I would not go into the uh, Amityville Horror House at night. No. I would go, like you said, well, during the day, a couple people. But if there was a party in there and there was a bunch of people... Like, you know, a lot of people and the lights were on. Yes, okay, yeah. I'm, I would do that, all things being equal. But at night, dark with flashlights, no thanks. I wonder what goes into making that purchase, though, now. Because hmm. when I went out there and just drove by it, they had signs on there. They had, a, like, a, a small thing. They had signs, keep out, mm-hmm. no trespassing, no... Right. So they clearly get people that come by. Oh, I'm sure. So you got to put up with that. People just coming by and googling yeah, your magnet. house. Yeah, and now you're living in a house where, at the very least, multiple murders took place, even if there's uh, no yeah, ghosts. At bare minimum. Yeah. So it's weird. Yes, it's a yeah, it's a strange phenomenon. Like I don't believe, but yet I wouldn't go into the house right. alone at night. <laughs> so what do I somewhat believe? You do so, I think that means you somewhat believe. Yeah, I guess. So. If you didn't believe at all, you would be. I'll go in. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But no, yeah, no thanks. Yeah. Alone? Yeah. No shot. Right. <laughs> no shot in hell. Yeah, I would love to go walk around that house, though, during the day at a party. Yeah. Multiple people walking around. Yes. I want to go to the basement. I want to go to yeah. the upstairs rooms. I want right. to go where those But even at a party, room. it's like, you know, okay, uh, yeah, uh, Ed, it's your turn to go downstairs by yourself. No. We need more beers. Yeah. Go no, down the No, no. I will not be doing that. And again, yeah, why? Why am I freaked out by that if I don't believe? Because I guess in some corner of my mind, I not only want to believe, I I, I guess I do believe in some right. way. And then even what happened, like when they replaced the windows, where did those windows go? Yeah. Do you think someone saved those? They're the Amityville Horror scary windows. Yeah. That, that were red eyes, right? Yeah. Yeah. The red devil eyes were up there. Yeah. No, thanks. Or did they get these, you know, did the, the window company not even know? And they're like, these are the old windows to the trash. You know, and maybe it's just human nature. You get into that situation and then your mind starts playing tricks. And and maybe I don't believe, but I believe like in the possibility right. of, you know. So, yeah, and it, it does freak me out. Right. You don't, you believe enough to not want to be involved. Yeah. That's the, that's the bottom line. Yes. And that, that sort of stuff would, that freaks me out or scares me more than aliens that does not because that just seems like it's another life form and they're busy there's nothing like supernatural about it if if they exist and if they had the ability i do believe they do exist out there somewhere i don't believe they've been here but if they did come then it would just more it wouldn't be anything sort of supernatural not ghosts for sure right it would just be something finally being able to reach us from another and, galaxy. And and perhaps we'll find out ultimately that it's, you know, ghosts are real, but it's because there's like, you know, ripples in the time-space continuum and they're sort of coming through and there's a scientific explanation somehow. Like shapeshifters. Seems like really weird. It does seem a little strange. All right, Eddie, let's do the warm-up program. All righty. I did that with Mr. Peter Schwartz. Yes, you today. did. Uh, we talked sports. Mm-hmm. 
uh, we did not talk uh, Skinwalker Ranch. No, we didn't. You did talk about Zach Wilson's mom. Oh, we did. And Bobbleheads. And uh, the Jeter documentary. Jeter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Jeter's Gift Baskets. We did, uh, we did a bunch of different things. So uh, check that out. And uh, and uh, Eddie will be back tomorrow for the post-game podcast. Yes, and then Jerry back on, back Thursday. Uh, on Thursday. And for those podcast people, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll find out in about uh, 10 minutes whether or not the new presentation Ooh. will start today or tomorrow. I've been told by the higher ups that have talked to both of us, the digital people, that <laughs> it'll talk, start either uh, today or tomorrow. So okay. we'll find out. But uh, have no fear. The first thing you see, if you like the way it's being presented, uh, just look at the first thing that'll pop right up, there. and it'll be what you've always seen. Right. There'll just be other choices. Plus, if you download all of them, we get credit for all yes, the downloads. Yes, yeah, you know, that's ass. what you do. Right, so just download all of them, even if you, even if you don't listen Yeah, then to I can them. say we have one million right, downloads. Right, then yes, just download everything. Yeah. And you don't have to listen to them. No, you don't. Just download it. Just download it. Yeah. All right, so. so. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Even WFAN hosts need a break sometimes. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook. Better odds and favorable prices. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Oh, hi there, Al Dukes here. Uh, and if I'm introducing this, it means Jerry's not here. Mr. Peter Schwartz joins me. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Al. Great to be with you again. Jerry had a scheduled uh, two days off uh, today yes. and tomorrow. You'll be in both days. Mm-hmm. I think Jerry's going down to D.C. to watch a uh, Nationals game. Yes, he's, I heard that. He's doing that thing where he's trying to hit as many ballparks in his <laughs> lifetime as possible. and they He could wanna... use a little bit of a break from reality after what he's been going through uh, yes, with, a with flooded, the flood. flooded basement. So he's going to check off uh, another ballpark. I guess yes. he's never been down there. I have never been to that ballpark either. I have that on my to-do list. To go uh, to check off ballparks or just that uh, one in particular? Not to schlep all over the country yeah. to do it, but local ones. And know, the kids it, would like to go see some of these other ballparks. Yeah, it is cool to go to different ballparks and see how easy it is to get in and out of some of them. You know, like Philadelphia <laughs> seems easier than going to... City Field or the Bronx, to me, so it's, it's an easier in and out. I've never been to Citizens Bank Park, but I have been to the football stadium and the arena. Yeah, and it's a nice. It's kind of like going to the Meadowlands, but I think it's a little easier to get in and out of the, of yes. the complex. You get there. right to the highways. Yes, it's nice. Absolutely. I have no idea what DC is like, but I imagine it's a disaster. Just because <laughs> I think Washington DC is one of those uh, cities that's just like filled with traffic. Have you ever been to Fenway? I have been to Fenway. Yeah, that's an interesting place to go to. Yeah, I enjoyed that. But I, I, I uh, stayed over, so yeah. parked at a nearby hotel and then mm. walked over, which is yeah, good. Yeah, parking's a little tricky in the Yeah, area. Yeah, I used to have that idea where I was like, I'm going to go to all the, like in the 1980s, I was like, I'm going to go to all these ballparks, <laughs> but that I, I didn't really go to many of them. I've been to a few. Yeah? I've been to a few. Dodger Stadium, Anaheim. San Francisco. So you've hit the West Coast, it looks like. Well, I, I combined that with other reasons why I was out there. Got so it. I was, didn't specifically go out to L.A. for a Dodger game. I was there on other business and just I, happened to go. I know Evan, uh, before he was married, toured ballparks with his dog. Like, he went on a <laughs> dog uh, road trip. I'm and a kept, loser. I'm and a kept loser. score. Kept score. And kept score. Visited President's boyhood homes along the way. So he made a thing out of it. Do you like to keep score games? No. 
Yeah, I don't. Wanna, I do. I do. I don't want to do work. I want to relax. Keeps you focused on the game. I guess so. Uh, I did when I was a kid. Like I, when I would go to Shea Stadium, I would, I would get the thing. But I still like to do it. My kids like to do it when they want to go take a walk and go to the bathroom. They hand it off to me, and I, I fill in while they're doing their thing. Yeah, I still. I'm not sure. I know how to f- really keep score. Like I know the a backwards K, the walks. Well, do you know what a shortstop the first base ground ball? Uh, six three. There you go. So you see, you know more than you I think do. you do. That's what I'm talking about, Peter Schwartz. <laughs> if it hasn't changed since the '80s, no, I'm still on top of it. Mm-hmm. Now, we had an exciting game last night. Mets Braves. Max Scherzer shut it down. Shut down that Max Freed punk. <laughs> and the Mets won four to one. Now we had a nice uh, Max Scherzer outing. We had a solid Edwin Diaz, uh, ninth inning, mm-hmm. strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. Pete Alonso had a couple RBIs. Luis Guillorme had a home run. And two RBI. And two RBIs. Yeah. This is what we needed to get going for game one. And you th- it was kind of like unexpected because the way that you know they finished up against the Marlins and with all the injuries yeah. and just the way the Braves have been chipping into this lead – you didn't really expect that to happen last night, and they kind of restored order, you know, with that with that win. Max Scherzer restored order, like a judge, <laughs> like a judge. He came in, he was outstanding. He dropped the hammer down like we expected him to do. This is what we paid him the big bucks to do, to set things right. Right, that's what they say about your big pitcher. That when things yeah. go awry. You need a main guy that's going to come in and restore order. And they picked him up, too. He gives up the home run to Austin Riley right. in the in the seventh inning, and Guillaume comes back in the top of the eighth, hits the home run to make it a two-run lead. So they picked each other up last night. So it was a big night all around for the Mets to kind of, you know, get their bearings back. Now, if they lose tonight. And then it's disaster again. Well, I don't think it's a disaster <laughs> again. If they lose two out of three, it's disaster yeah. again. Now, yesterday we had Max Scherzer. Tonight, David Peterson. I don't know how I'm feeling about this. He's done a good job this year. I wouldn't be so down on him. Against a fellow named Spencer Strider. Yeah. You know anything about this guy? Not much. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> it's funny. You go from Max Fried versus Max uh, Scherzer yeah. to David Peterson versus Spencer Strider in game two. Yeah. It's a bit of a letdown. It's not the same hype that we had last night. Not the not same for hype. sure. But now, right now the Mets are up two and a half games. No, tell me if I'm right. The Mets win tonight. Three, three and, and a half. half That's right. You got the new math down, Pat. And then they sweep four and a half. Four and a half. And then you're feeling you know, really good about yourself. Right, because then you play the scrub Cubs coming in. <laughs> I th- is that home, the Cubs? Uh, uh, I believe I'm that's, a, asking that's the, away. You think that's away because the Yankees Field? are home this week. You ever been to Wrigley Field? I've never been to Wrigley Field. Me neither. I would go there. Uh, the Mets game is in Wrigley Field. In Wrigley Field. Yeah. And then they come back home next week. Yeah. And they give out those David Wright figures next week. I next see you Saturday. were in line to get the Keith Hernandez. It's like a uh, bobble, a three-part bobblehead. It's a three-part, yes. So three they retired nights. his number on Saturday, so they gave out a bobblehead to the first 25,000 people. I saw huge lines for that. Huge. You waited huge. in that? Uh, well, I had no choice. I had right. to get in the ballpark. My right. family got there first. I was working here in the morning. So I took the train and met them at City Field, and I got off the train. And there was this giant mass of humanity on the boardwalk, you know, between the tennis center and City Field. And my wife keeps calling me and saying, how close are you? And I'm like, I don't think I'm really close at all because there's this, this, I tweeted out pictures of it. There's this throng of people trying to get across the boardwalk in through that subway station and back out the other way in front of the Apple to get into City Field. And I... There was a point where I didn't think I was going to get in before the first pitch, much less get in there for the bobblehead. It was that jammed up? It was like you literally couldn't move. Like that's and From so that this far is, back. So this is probably around, I don't know, 205, 210 when I first got into this like, you know, large clunk of people. And give the city field employees credit because the line moved and moved and moved and got, and you got in your bobblehead doll. Got it. Yeah. First of three. So now you have to go to the other. That's a great idea because now the Mets got it. They get you to because, of course, people want to go to Lakeith Hernandez. Right. Uh, retirement, Jersey retirement. So now you got to go back for Ronnie Darling. I can't, we can't go that day. What? We can, We have a, we have a prior engagement that day. 
You've got to cancel. We're going to the Gary Cohen night in September. So you're going to be missing done. your Ron Darling I've got to do something to get at least one of those because we're going to have it in our house. We're going to have the Keith Hernandez. Right. That's the first one. Then the Ron Darling one is the middle one. And then we've got the Gary Cohen is the third. So we yeah. need at least one Ron Darling. So I'd almost be willing if somebody is somebody we know is going. Yeah. I would almost be willing to trade one of our four Keith Hernandez. Oh, because you got four. Bob, of them, right. We have four of them. Okay, that's a great. So like, idea. if somebody is going to Ron Darling and they have an extra one, but they couldn't go to Keith Hernandez, I would be willing to swap a Keith Hernandez for a Ron Darling because that's the one game we can't go to. Swap shop. If anyone yeah. wants to swap theirs, they reach out to Peter on uh, Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. What is your Twitter? Schwartz on Schwartz sports. sports. Schwartz Sports. I wanted it to be Schwartz on Sports, yeah. but it's one letter too long. Oh, is that right? Yeah. So Schwartz I was like Sports. Going to do it one day and changing it from what it was before, and it was one letter too long. All so right. my wife just suggested just do it Schwartz Sports. Easy. Great idea. Yeah. All right. So we'll get you about one of those bobbleheads. We'll have to try. Uh the Braves thought they were being smart by starting uh, Robinson Cano at second base as if <laughs> as if the Mets pitchers were going to fear him. And at one point, he had the only hit off of Scherzer. He did. He <laughs> ended up with two hits, I think, last yeah. night, right? But not a factor. No, not at all. You're right. He did get the one hit. And what was interesting, and in the, they pointed out uh, uh, um, Keith and Ron and uh, Gary. Yeah. That he was wearing his Mets <laughs> colored glove. You know what that reminded me of? <laughs> it was strange that that happened because do you remember when the Yankees signed Jason Giambi yes. back, back in the day? He showed up for Yankee spring tra- uh, spring training with an Oakland A's bag. Didn't really endear himself too much to George Steinbrenner yeah. at the time by doing that. So I thought that was interesting that Cano did that last night. Yeah, so he was in the field with his uh, orange and blue Mets glove with his old Mets number, 24, mm-hmm. on it. Now he's a bright. They got to get him a bright. Listen, you get used to your glove. You don't want to be changing gloves. Right, but I mean, that's Spray not painting. a good look for your new team that you're look. wearing the, the other team across the way. Although they probably thought it was fu- like it was somehow trolling the Mets because they're still paying him. He's going to beat you tonight wearing your Mets glove. Right. And I'm guessing because he went to the Padres first. Right. So I'm guessing he probably wore the same gloves with them as well. I mean, I he guess. didn't have time to get a, a generic pair of gloves. Never got a Padre glove. No. But you would think in the you know, the Atlanta Braves are a big-time sports franchise. You'd they think are. he'd be able to go into the equipment room and talk to the equipment p- folks there and say, hey, you got a pair of gloves that'll, you know, you know, be nice for me. But maybe, maybe uh, you know, those gloves, I don't know if you've ever bought a brand-new glove, Peter. They're mm-hmm. impossible. They're yeah. impossible to deal with. Oh, I go. We go through that at home with the two young men. I still use house. a glove legitimately that's got the Bucky Dent signature <laughs> in it because it's broken in. I have the oldest, crappiest baseball glove, and when we go to the go to the field and you know, do a little hitting with the kids and stuff like that, my kids make fun of me. They mock I your have glove. this ridiculous old-looking glove, and they both have said. Dad, you know, like for your birthday or for father, can we get you a glove? We talk to mom. We'll get you a glove. Like, good luck finding one that's going to fit my hand. And every time we're in the sporting goods store, we try on gloves. You give Can't it a f- shot. Cannot find one that fits my hand. Right. Plus, they're not oiled. Like, right. Break them in. How about this to the Rawlings glove? Make us a glove that's broken in. Yeah. <laughs> How did you used to break in your gloves? I always, I, I was always taught you get that uh, the oil in the sporting goods store, yeah. so you oil it up pretty good. Oil up your glove. Two baseballs, okay, in the glove, and then you tie the glove yeah. together overnight. Twenty. That was the way my father taught me how to do it. Right. Twenty four hours wrapped up like that. Boom, you're in business. And then you were good to go. Yeah. I remember putting like a softball in it to try to make the pocket deeper. Yeah, I know. Two baseballs. Some people would run over their gloves. <laughs> Beat up their gloves, throw their gloves in the dirt. You got to do something to break in these gloves. You would think with the technology you have now that you can buy a glove that you can just say, oh, you know what? I need a glove for the game today. Let me go to, you know, wherever and get the gloves. Dick Sporting Goods, whatever, your neighborhood sporting goods store. Pop it right on and go. And go ready to go. 
Can't do it. Can't do it. That's why Robinson Cano had an old glove. Now, you mentioned you went to uh, Keith Hernandez Day. Yes. And you were sitting up by where the <laughs> the number reveal was. Yes, we bought the tickets when we first found out that they were doing it. And, oh, I was sitting in the upper deck. Like Then I took a look. We were at a game a couple of weeks ago, and I looked up to see where we were sitting. I'm like, you know, it's not going to be so bad because we're going to be right by where they're unveiling the number. And we had a great view of where the number was. And we saw three guys up there. Oh, yeah. It took three guys up there to unveil the number, which I thought was a fascinating thing to watch. One guy joined by the second and the third. And I'll tell you, I told you this off air. There's not enough money in the world to pay me to stand on top of City Field to do that. Yeah, now you thought that they weren't uh, safety harnessed. I couldn't in, but tell they if were. they were harnessed, but you were watching it on, yeah, TV, on TV, and from your tell. angle, you could see it. They looked like what the guys when they go up to paint the bridges and they're uh, strapped in uh, those things. Yeah, those guys were so proud of themselves too when they did the <laughs> unveil. Oh, I saw them going they were, like they were high fiving, <laughs> shaking hands like we nailed it. And we just, all they basically did was take a piece of plastic off yeah, of the number. But they were like, "Damn, we killed it." <laughs> we really nailed this thing right here. What did you think of the ceremony? Did you like I it? I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. To, you know what? The only thing for me uh, was that there was there really wasn't a surprise. Like usually sometimes when you have those ceremonies, there's like somebody you didn't expect to be there. Right. Is, is there. So like his speech was great. The presentation was great. But I, I, I left felt feeling like I needed like where was the where was like where was Jerry Seinfeld coming on the field where was Julia Louis Dreyfus coming up and you know rekindling her romance with Keith Hernandez that's what you want a little Seinfeld, Seinfeld reunion. a little little Seinfeld thing something like that George where Seinfeld. was that yeah okay yeah. that's what you're looking for all right yeah no I, I thought it was very good it was uh I don't I'm not uh, I'm not uh diminishing it it was yeah. a great ceremony but sometimes you 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 want you want that little surprise. I said to Jerry, I don't see um, like Keith Hernandez is one of these guys that I, I just don't see a guy today that's going to get a similar thing thirty, forty years down the road. It just I don't feel like these like players have longevity anymore. I don't know why. Well, you got free agency now. Yes, free and agency, free agency, everything. and and salary caps. Players don't play for. They're, they're one team very much. Well, I mean, Hernandez, of course, came over from the Cardinals, right. but. Oh, and I, there's there's even been some debate among Mets fans. Uh, there were a couple people here I talked to over the weekend that didn't think that he deserved to have his number retired. Is that right? Yeah. Who are these people I need to speak to? Uh, I don't want, really want to throw anybody under the bus, but it's more than just people that were here. Okay. See, if I throw people under the bus, I get in trouble. Right, yeah. And, and I, I, don't, I don't need to go down that road you anymore. Know. But. There were there were some people feel like he didn't play long enough with the Mets and didn't really? do enough, but I think when you combine his playing career and his time as a broadcaster, I think he deserved it because legendary. he's had an effect on multiple generations of Mets fans. Right. Then the Islanders retired Butch Goring's number a couple of years ago. He only played for the Islanders like seven years, but he was with them as a coach and with them as a broadcaster. So I think. They retired it because of his overall body of work, and I think the two of them are comparable. You're just like, Boomer, you turn this right into a hockey, <laughs> hockey Well, that's what story. I do. Let's take a break, Peter, okay. and when we come back, I've got some Yankee stuff here, mm-hmm. a little more Mets things. I have more on Zach Wilson's mom. I've got uh, assault and battery. I've got a Starbucks uh, diarrhea situation. Oh, so there's a lot to discuss, <laughs> and then Boomer and Gio will be uh, here at 6 o'clock. 6, as usual. As usual. Bang your head, Peter. Let's go. Come on. Welcome back to the warm-up program. My name is Al Dukes. Jerry Recco is uh, off today, going mm-hmm. down to uh, the Nationals ballpark. Peter Schwartz joins me. Are you familiar with Metallica, Peter? Uh, yes, Enter Sandman. Enter Sandman. Oh, right, yes. from the Yankee days. Yes. This song, by the way, I was just reading. Uh, this song was uh, just used in uh, Stranger Things, that Netflix uh, series. Not familiar with it. You've heard of it or not I've even heard, heard of it? I've heard of it. I don't watch it. You're aware it exists. Yes. You just don't partake. I don't, I don't partake. All right. Well, uh, it was on the uh, finale, I guess, mm-hmm. of Stranger Things. And then after the finale, it had 17 million Spotify downloads. Wow. That's Pretty a cool. popular song. That's what you want to do is to get in Stranger Things now because there was that Kate Bush song. Mm-hmm. 
climbing up that hill. That also got very popular. <laughs> Is it a good Stranger show? Things. I tried watching it in season one, mm-hmm. and I was scared. And I Stranger Things does not suck. You effing suck. You lardass. <laughs> Of course, Carlin's a big fan, evidently. <laughs> I tried watching it, I was scared, and I shut it off. <laughs> I do not like scary programs. Me neither. No, I can't. Uh, I shut it off where there was like something coming through the wall, something living in the wall. I was like, goodbye. Uh, not watching. No, no. no. But That's, it's very popular. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather stick to like Naked Gun movies or you know, Naked something. Gun. Yeah, something, you know, funny crap like that. I like to stick with uh, murder documentaries. Mm. Uh, but to Stranger Things, I'm not, I don't want, like, because most of the time, murders occurs someone you know. Like, well, if you mm-hmm. ended up murder, Peter, we'd uh, we'd look at people who know you. Right. It's not unless you're walking around New York City where we just murder people randomly on the mm. streets. For the most part, you will know your murderer. Yeah. So I enjoy watching those films because I'm not. I don't think I'm going to get murdered. But uh, Stranger Things, when there's, like, spirits and entities coming through the wall, that I'm out for. No, no, I'll pass. Not interested. I'll take a pass. You'll take a pass I'll on that? I'll take a pass. I will that. as well. I was just watching video of Edwin Diaz last night, you know, so he struck out the side, I believe, right? He did, yes. Came down, and then he did a zip your lip sort of uh, motion, to, I think, over to the Braves uh, dugout. They keep, you know, keep quiet over there. Yeah, zip your lips up. No, I hope it doesn't come back to, to bite him. Well, he won't even pitch. Would he pitch tonight or no? If he could pitch back-to-back days. He could, but, but not he, three he days in a row. Pitch, did he pitch Sunday? I don't think he pitched Sunday. Yeah. I don't think he did. So, yeah, he could pitch back-to-back days. Remember, like, last year he was not great? Was it last year? No, he it was, was not, two, years two years ago. ago. He came on last year. Right, and he, now, when he came over from uh, the right. Mariners, and he that's was not great. Sometimes when you know players come over to New York, sometimes it takes a little bit of an adjustment yeah. to get used to things. But he's like, I love his entrance music. What's he using? Uh, I don't know what the name of it is, but it's that song with the trumpets. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I can't remember the name of the group. Edwin Diaz trumpet songs? It's, it's a trumpet song, whatever it is. I bet if I Google Edwin Diaz trumpets. Yeah. Edwin Diaz trumpets. Yeah, I bet you comes video. right up. It is... Uh... I've read it, uh, I've said it, and I can't remember uh, what it is. Um, hmm. Let me see if I can. What is the name? Anarcho by Blaster Jackson. There Timmy you go. Trumpet. Yes. All right. Yes. We'll come back with that. We'll rock it out, Peter. <laughs> we'll do Metallica. We'll do Trumpets. Oh, that's a, it's a good song. And I did see Pete Alonzo. He's going to participate in the Home Run Derby. Two-time yeah. champion. Yes. And I, I don't think anybody's ever won three in a row. And oh. I think he would join Ken Griffey as the only one to do it, to win it three times, period. But nobody's won it three in a is row. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like uh, when guys participate in the Home Run Derby, but then I will also be the same guy here. I will show up here at 5 a.m. if after the All-Star break he doesn't hit a home run for a little <laughs> while, and I will be complaining. Yeah, I think that's why Aaron Judge does not yes. want to go back <laughs> unless the game is at Yankee Stadium and he said he would do it. There's some rumblings that Giancarlo Stanton, because he's from Los Angeles, he could participate. Yeah. They, so far they've only announced Alonzo and Ronald Acuna. Are the two it's just and there's the two of them? They're and just there's a go report that Albert Pujols is going to do oh, it, but that, that right? has not been made official yet. But there seems to be some rumblings that Giancarlo Stanton is going to be in it as well. I'd love to have Ken Griffey Jr. back. <laughs> you think he'd still hit some home runs <laughs> just to take on Pete Alonso? <laughs> <laughs> he loves this so much. It's amazing how much he has endeared himself to it after winning it the first time and then coming back. And you see him come up to the bat. You know, dancing to the music, and he really is enjoying himself. Yes, it's awesome to be just teeing off, hitting home runs. And he invited Dave Jouse back to pitch to him. Who's this now? Now he was the former Mets bench coach in the prior regime, and he was let go. He is now a senior advisor for the Washington Nationals. Oh, and he's going to pitch. He is going to pitch. The, uh, so Pete Alonso called him and asked him if he would pitch to him because he was so comfortable with him last year. And he's going to do it again. So it's kind of interesting that you have somebody working for another team that's going to pitch to Alonzo. Right. Because he know he tees him up properly. Yeah. Would you? Who would you ask to pitch to you in the home run derby? Probably Evan because I could probably hit home runs off of him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I need somebody who could really groove it in the same place every time. You yeah. Know? That's a, that's a, I would think that's stressful also. Right, because you want to make sure the ball's in the right spot. Right, you want yeah. to give them nice pitches to hit. 
because otherwise you're not giving up the home run ball. I see. Uh, are you pumped up for this Derek Jeter documentary? I go back and forth on it. What? I mean, I, as a Yankee fan, like I, you know, I love Jeter. Um, I feel like I know the story. Is that right? You feel like you know, I feel like we heard enough about him and you know, covering a lot of games. Like he wasn't really all that interesting to talk to. Sometimes he was just boring. very, very boring kind of kind of guy. I, I guess I'll probably watch it, but it's not like. Like when I found out about it, it didn't like knock my socks off that I had to. Oh, I can't. I'm gonna, you know, not doing anything at all those days. It's on. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm. De- it didn't excite me, but I'll wind up watching it. Were you excited about the Michael Jordan one? No. No. Did you watch it though? I watched parts of it. I didn't. But you watch weren't the whole into thing. it. You were like, not, this is uh, awesome because I lived through it. I lived through him killing the Knicks all those years. I didn't need to see it all over again. It was cool watching the uh, Pistons smack him around. Though. Yeah. The the Met one was good, the um the thirty for thirty on the Mets eighty six team was, right. was 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 solid. That was a good. I but you that knew one. that story. You were you lived but through I, that. Yeah, but yeah, uh, but I well. How no, old the man are you, Peter? I am going to be fifty five years old oh, okay. on Thursday. So, yeah, so eighty six Mets. Yeah, but I was st- I was a kid at that point. I don't think I really knew too much about it. And we didn't have sports radio. Do no sports well, radio started eighty seven. Fan would started the next year. Yeah, um, I was I was in college when that was going on. So I, I was away from home, so I didn't really know a lot of the ins and outs about what went on during that year. So I enjoyed that because I think I learned some stuff from from that documentary. But I, th- I think the um, I don't know. The, I'll watch the Jeter one. I'm a Yankee fan. I love Jeter playing, so I think I'll watch it. But I, it's not something that I was like, "Oh my god, I can't wait to see that." Right. I, they're they're doing one on the Ravens, aren't they? Doing one on the Ravens, um, the first Ravens team that won the Super Bowl. I the Ravens. So. I think they're doing. I think that might be interesting to watch. Yeah, only if they talk about Ray Lewis in Atlanta, <laughs> allegedly stabbing that his, guy. His induction speech is still going. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, a couple of things came out about this Derek Jeter documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says A-Rod was not a true friend. Mm. A-Rod uh, gave an interview to Esquire in 2001 and then did an interview with Dan Patrick at the same time. And uh, I guess in that uh, in the Esquire and in the Dan Patrick interview, he was talking about how Jeter... You know, was surrounded by other great players, so it was, you know, he, he, it was different for A Rod in that he was like the main guy on the Rangers that they had to pitch around. Yeah, but A Rod chose to go to Texas. He came up with Seattle. He was around some pretty good players in Seattle, so right. I think he's kind of like talking out of both sides of his mouth. Was oh, that right? Because you, he, he took the money to go to Texas. You're the one who said. All right, let's leave Seattle where you know they they gave you your start, and you're going to go off to Texas, and they've got nobody else besides you. And now he's going to rip Derek Jeter because Jeter is surrounded by, you know, all all those guys on that Yankee dynasty team, the O'Neills and Bernies of the world. So no, I I can't take that seriously. And he also said there was uh, nothing that Jeter could do that he couldn't do better. Jeter's got more rings. Take that. By the way, Jeter also refuted the story that we heard years ago. <laughs> the basket, right? <laughs> that uh, Yes, that when Jeter would uh, have a romantic liaison with a lady, that he would uh, send her home in a with a car service, and in the car would be a gift basket with signed memorabilia. Yeah. He says it's a complete crap, uh, that he doesn't know where people came up with that. Uh, he says that he uh, ran into a, a a young man in a, some sort of deli or something. The guy said, "Hey, Jeets, I did I do that same thing you do. I send the girls home in a in a car with a gift basket." <laughs> <laughs> so you're an idiot if you believe that story. So who would make up that story? That's a pretty specific story about a gift basket. Yeah, in well, the car. I'm Weird. guessing if I was Derek Jeter and I knew it was true, yeah, I'd probably deny it also just to try and save, save face because he's had, you know, he was so clean during his career. He never got in trouble. He was beloved. He was the captain. He won all those World Series. I mean, do you want that stain on your on your reputation? Well, we also heard that he uh, used to have uh, women sign 
non-disclosure agreements, contracts that they right. wouldn't be able to talk about their liaisons uh-huh. with him. And by the way, I've never heard one story of a woman who spent the evening with Derek Jeter. No, no, kept it all undercover. How does no not unattended. one person come out with something? Now, like, how about now? All the years later, I'm interested in hearing about it. I want to know what goes on <laughs> in Derek Jeter's. Well, how long? Life. How long is the non-disclosure for? I think that's, <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a question. They too. Like, can't all this last stuff forever. coming out about Vince McMahon now too. Right. After the non-disclosure stuff, it looked like Vince McMahon was paying off all sorts of women. I think it was seven. Seven. I thought I, th- I thought I saw seven in that story. Oh my. Oh my. And one of them supposedly was a female wrestler, wrestler. back in the day. Yeah. I wonder who that was. I don't know. Have you ever met Vince McMahon? Uh, no. I met him. You did? Well, I did uh, I did radio for the the Hitmen in the first XFL in 2001. So I was the, the New York, New Jersey Hitmen's radio announcer. <laughs> so I... Uh, what I'm, station was that I, on? It was on WABC. Really? Yeah. All yeah. right. Um, <laughs> so I'm in Las Vegas for the first game. And it was different than the NFL in that they allowed you to go in the locker room before the games. Like, you know, baseball, you can go in the locker room before the games, talk to the players and stuff. You can't do that in the NFL. It's not until after the game is over. But in the XFL, they let the media go into the locker room. So I can go in and go meet some of the players, check it out. You know. And I'm on the field, and Vince McMahon walks right by me, and I went up and introduced myself to him, and I had a very, very nice chat with him. But then again, you know, I'm of the male species, so right. I don't think he was very interested in that. Not interested. In yeah. That. Uh, I love that meme on the internet of Vince McMahon walking down to the ring where he's just popping. <laughs> <laughs> and people put Mike Francesa's head on it, too, you know? That's a great one. He um, he got jacked up. He did. Well, he, he was did. all roided up. But, he I mean, that was like a regular dude, right? Mm-hmm. Then he just got all jacked up. Then he had his kids wrestling, Shane and uh, Stephanie. Stephanie. Very much the family business. His wife was involved with stuff in the in the Attitude Era. Yeah, yeah. She got stunned a few times by Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is crazy. <laughs> but I, I'll say this: despite all of his issues, yeah, what he did with what his father started, and the way that he blew up the business, yeah. and made it global, it you you tip your hat to him. But obviously, he's got some other issues. He's got going some on. other issues, yeah, yeah, that are plaguing him. Sorry to go off course there. Oh no, all good about Peter. I would love to hear when you meet uh, large celebrities like Mr. Vince McMahon. <laughs> let's take a break here. We come back a little. Uh, let's do. I got some Jets items here. I've got uh, mm. one, two, three. Well, two Jets items. Then I've got a couple other things, including a strange Starbucks story. And then Boomer and Geo will be here at six a.m. Here comes Edwin Diaz. Yes. Now pitching for the New York Mets, Edwin Diaz. By the way, a guy named the Todd Father on Twitter reached out to me. Uh Told me that Edwin Diaz last night was his third day in a row pitching. It was. He did pitch on Sunday. I know he pitched Saturday. So he's out for tonight probably. I would say so. This feels like a loss tonight. I'm a Mets fan, but this feels like a loss. Mm. We won with Max Scherzer. No Edwin Diaz. No trumpets. <laughs> no Max Scherzer tonight. Evidently, he can't start two games in a row is what they're telling me. So uh, I'm not feeling good about this. One yeah, here. I would I would not feel it. If they win, they're yeah. going to have to win in a blowout. Is that right? Yeah. Right. They can't uh, go to the bullpen. Go to a one-run lead and turn it over. To those guys, that might be a little bit of an issue. I saw on a Twitter, somebody sent me a very recent, yesterday, photo of Makai Becton. Mm. Looking slim. Yeah. He's looking good. Much to, uh, I know Boomer's been very concerned about mm-hmm. Makai Becton's weight. Uh, but I'm telling you, unless this is a Photoshopped photo where they slimmed him up, he's looking pretty good. Pretty good. I think, look... The guy, the guy's a big man. I remember when they drafted him, see him in training camp. It's a big guy, and it's—I know—is a big guy. It's hard to keep that weight off sometimes. But I've heard Boomer say this a million times. He's got this great opportunity in the National Football League, and you just have to apply yourself and stay in shape. And it's not just necessarily the first contract, but he's playing for a second contract too. 
Got a chance to be a starting left tackle in the NFL. So do what you got to do. Get in shape. And we'll see what happens in training camp. I mean, obviously, I mean, the Jets are hoping. They drafted him pretty high. It would be a complete disaster if they had to get rid of him because he couldn't make weight and stay in shape and be on the field. But let's I, I say let's wait and see what happens in a couple of weeks at training camp. Yeah, let's but- see him on the field. Let's see him in workouts and then in the preseason games, and we'll make a decision on what's going to happen. But I think to speculate just on Twitter pictures and things like that, let's see the guy on the field. Well, we saw him a couple weeks ago at the press conference where he said he was going to make people eat their words. (laughs) He looked large. Yes. But this picture he's looking... Svelte? For for a man his size, yes. He looks in very good shape, so good for you if that's the case yeah guy must be uh following the bobby approved app that i uh <laughs> do my meals i would love to get a hold of makai beckton and get him to eat uh foods with good ingredients if we don't see him on the field first week then, camp, what? then i think you have to start being a little concerned all about right it. then we'll start yelling about because him at mini camp he didn't participate in anything he didn't participate he was just camp? on the field but oh. he was he didn't do anything all right all right. Well, I'm expecting big things from him. I miss good. covering the Jets. Uh, Zach Wilson's mom, uh, Lisa is her name. She went on to social media yesterday. We thought it. I thought she was going to be addressing the Zach Wilson mm. situation, but she was talking about the dangers of social media, and uh, you know, having uh, our these computers in our pockets via our phones. But in relation to something that happened with her daughter, she did not get specific. But she said, Satan Satan is smarter than you. How about that? Why, why, Satan. Why do parents have to steal, like, the spotlight? The children's from, spotlight? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't get this. Like, he gets drafted last year, and she's got to make a spectacle of herself at, at, at well, the draft. I mean, she's trying to build a brand as well. Yeah, but... Celebrating Satan? Yep, celebrating Satan. He's I, smarter than you. That's what Zach just, Wilson's mom says. I I would, you know what? That's that's my son. That's getting drafted in the NFL. Yeah, I, I support him 150 million percent. But I I'm not taking the spotlight away from him. What if you're trying to build a brand for yourself? I don't Peter? need to build a brand. Oh, what if you it, had a aerobics uh, class that you wanted to fill up? Then what? You know what? Then what would do you do? It do it on your own. Do don't 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 ride your child's coattails. I'd love to know if you're going to come out with a story like that. Tell us what happened. Like, did someone try right, to like, don't, seduce a, your daughter a online? It's a cliffhanger. It is a cliffhanger. I want to know what's going on. I yeah, stopped I, following her on Instagram because I was just getting bored. <laughs> <laughs> you can't throw you can't throw out a little olive branch there and then not and not finish off the job. Yeah, and you tell can't us what's say. Going on. Uh, Satan is smarter than you. Uh, he's uh, w- working through the internet, and he's uh, getting involved with my daughter, and then not tell us exactly what happened. Like Brian Winhorst on ESPN the other day. Did yeah, you see what? that? I, yeah, I didn't get that <laughs> like, whole thing. Where that he was, whole like, thing doing a was thing. like was going off. He was trying to explain what was going on with, I guess, Utah, and he's like, and 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 what does that mean? And the, and the two other hosts are like, what does it mean? And he's not saying anything. Right. He didn't want to give so out. It's kind of what. Kind of what Zach Wilson's mom is doing here. She's teasing something, and she's not giving you the meat on the bone. Right. There's a couple series I watch on ID Channel about the the about the internet and how like uh, people are creepsters on the internet. Mm. That internet's how use not me. <laughs> I do all wholesome things on the internet, like fight with people on Twitter. Right. But yeah, you got to be careful with that internet. Do you ever watch that? Uh... That show on NBC about the Predators. Oh the, yeah, to catch that was catch an interesting a show. That was yeah, a great show. That was a fantastic show, and that shows you how dangerous the internet can be. Come over here, I've made some lemonade. <laughs> and then they'd go in the back room and yeah. they'd get all. Uh, who was the guy who hosted that? Oh, Chris Hansen. Chris, I'm Chris yeah. Hansen. Not the, it was not on NBC. It was when he took that investigation to another show. See NBC, got, I think. No, 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 no. He got he left NBC and he was doing. He was doing the same. It was another crime show. I think it was syndicated. It was not a network. Yeah. And he and he took those investigations over to the other oh, place. Oh, really? And he caught somebody who he knew. Oh. They were riding the train together from Connecticut into <laughs> Manhattan, 
and then they have the sting house and the guy comes in the sting house he's like and he, he says during like the, you know the little you know uh, interviews there was something about this guy i couldn't couldn't quite I was thinking who this guy was. Then I realized he used to sit next to me on the commuter train going from Connecticut to New How York. How about that? Uh-huh. He was child predator. So you never know. Yeah, if you if you were in a if you showed up to a place and uh, yeah someone called you from the other room to I've made lemonade and brownies. <laughs> You're like, uh-oh. <laughs> Chris Hansen. Let's take a quick break here, Peter. Uh, we got to get ready for Boomer and Geo at 6. Uh, I've got a, one more story. Or two on the other side, depending on how much time Eddie gets okay. us. Oh, mm-hmm. but first, they, uh, uh, Amy has a sports minute. It's about the NFL mm. is the national pastime. How about that? Take that, baseball. I'm Amy Lawrence with an Odyssey Sports Minute. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry. The superheroes of WFAN. Jerry is out today, but Peter Schwartz joins me. And Peter Schwartz will be covering the updates on Boomer and Geo today and tomorrow. Yes. Oh, yes. Well, the Mets won. Huge. That was nice. Uh, David Peterson pitches for them tonight. I've got no faith in this one. No, you're very reason. down on the Mets I'm down, tonight. Uh, no, I just I feel like, you know, letdown game. Letdown <laughs> spot. <laughs> also, here's a story I teased and kept forgetting to tell you, Peter. The mm. Starbucks. Mm. They put on a, a new chicken sandwich, a new chicken maple butter and egg sandwich, but they've pulled it mm. because people were getting diarrhea. That's not a good thing. Not a good thing, <laughs> no. especially in the morning if that's going to be your breakfast uh, thing. And then you got to go into work, have work diarrhea. You know what I'm saying, Peter? I, I've never thought of getting a chicken maple. anything at Starbucks. A chicken, well, because you didn't know it was available. Now no. It's, Chicken maple butter and egg sandwich. I mean, I want a chicken sandwich. I'm going to Wendy's. You're a Wendy's chicken yeah. sandwich, right? No diarrhea there. No, not not, not that I can remember. No. WFAN and WFAN-FM and HD1, New York. An Odyssey station.